0: Hi, welcome into Locked On Mavericks for Thursday, December 22nd, our third episode of the week. We'll be with you tomorrow as well since we skipped Monday. We are a uh, part of the larger Locked On podcast network. You can check out uh, Locked On Cowboys, which I'm sure is super fun. It's like going to Discovery Zone at this point of the year. Oh, um, yeah. Probably got uh, Locked On uh, NBA up in there. Put that in your queue. You get some coaches, some scouts. The godfather David Locke gets you... Uh, some badass information that honestly you can't get too many other places. And then locked on fantasy if you're into that. My name is Mike Marshall. Uh, he is Jacob Kemp, and you can probably hear my dryer in the background. I apologize. Some days you wake up. I don't know if there, this ever happens to you, Jake, but you wake up and you're like, "Son of a bitch, I did it again. I have no clean clothes in this house."
1: No, nah, that doesn't. Have, man, I'm a machine with it. Are I, you? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't ever let clothes sit uh, dirty for more than one day oh damn i do laundry almost every day what i keep all man. my i keep all of it well it's born out of necessity because for a while i just didn't have many clothes i was just keeping a pretty <laughs> short rotation <laughs> part of it yeah going three-man rotation so i had to keep them clean so now like i only have like two pair of workout or basketball shorts i wash those every other time i, I wear them
0: mm-hmm. so
1: there's just everything is always clean now my wife my wife will get it down to the absolute Nothing. Yeah, where it It's drives like, me insane. So then I just do it for. Her.
0: Oh wow! A passive aggressive move that she wins in the end. Then.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, do y'all have like laundry wars? Wherever you're, like you'll put something in the dryer and then leave, and then she just like throws your stuff on the floor because she wanted to wash stuff.
1: Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, from time to time.
0: La- I, I but kinda, I kind of I kind of use the dryer as my uh, as my uh, clothes um, hamper basically. <laughs> Yeah, just leave them in there. <laughs> you got a different scene going on over there, and then fluff them up <laughs> <laughs> about, about six to seven times that week.
1: It's not that loud though. You're good. I mean, okay. I got a freaking maniac dog that could explode
0: at any moment. This thing, so it's just a just a pipe bomb ready to explode. Yeah. So it's uh, it's me. It's Mike. It's at Machine Sports, and it's Jacob at Not Jack Kemp, featuring my dryer. Uh, they're not going to get residuals though. I'm not giving this dryer residuals. And we're part of the larger Lockdown Podcast Network here for you every single day. Hey, Jake, the Mavs are only four games out of the eighth seed.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you right now, they're going to end up winning like 33 games. Kill
0: me. Just kill me I, now.
1: Maybe 31, but they're going to go on a run, especially when they get Dirk back. And a lot of people, whenever you bring that up, they're like, oh, I don't think Dirk's what you think he is. Well... Even if he's, let's say he's 70% of last year, Dirk, he's still enough to get them a little, to make them a little bit better. Now, maybe that means they have to play a little bit of a suboptimal lineup. It'll be really interesting to see as they try to work him back in, if they manage his minutes, rotation, starting lineup, whatever, differently than they have before.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: this is kind of a, an opportunity to try something like that, to see if you like it for next year. Yeah, Exactly. And As long, you know what? The the main thing, though, is, dude, is the closer they get to the eighth seed, the more tempted they're going to be to move that pick.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I definitely think that's part of it. You, you got a sliding scale of retaining Darren and Bogut. That's almost the same exact – it's moving in the same exact nature of moving your first-round pick for a veteran player is. Yeah. And that's an, going to annoy the hell out of me. Like, I was genuinely – like, I had like an internal battle going last night. Whenever the Trailblazers like, got home, and I saw that the uh, the Trailblazers were ma- staging their comeback, and uh, I was like, okay, well the Mavs competed. They played really well through three quarters. They're about to lose this thing. And then I think I was genuinely pissed off when Damian Lillard didn't make that three. But there's a lot that goes into that, and it the fact that the Trailblazers are probably uh, in the midst of some sort of schism. Um, in their season and maybe overall with the uh, the structure of their roster. Because, I mean, they're, they've they won one of their last nine games. Uh, and they have losses to the Bucks, the Pacers, the Nuggets, the Kings, and the Mavs. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, you're supposed to be so much better than this. And they – man, I almost wonder
1: if they got sunned, uh, Phoenix sunned, not sunned in the uh, current usage, but – I think they were maybe a little bit better last year than they were supposed to be.
0: Oh, I think so, for sure.
1: So then they started doing wild stuff.
0: Yeah, like locking like, everybody up.
1: Yeah, like they started, they go all in on Alan Crabb. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, anybody who's mad about how much money, like Alan Crabb's a nice player, but anybody who's mad about how much money Wes Matthews makes, Alan Crabb makes $3 million, or now I guess it's only a, a $1.5 more. Yeah. Wes Matthews is so much better than Alan Crabb. Yep. And I think
0: I look at their – Or it at least uh, better.
1: I don't know that I would say so much better because you do have to factor in one being 30 or 29 and one being 24. But let's just say this. I'd rather have Wes Matthews.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're talking at this moment in terms of talent, what they can do for your team. Wes Matthews is a step above. If you're talking about banking on upside and things like that, you know that's a, that's a different discussion. But um, I think, I think Crabb's contract doesn't kick in until next year. Um, if I'm right, but, uh, I looked, mm. I, I tried to mess with their trade machine stuff, um, earlier because I was like, you guys really, really need Andrew Bogut. <laughs> like, let's go ahead and make that happen, please. Yeah. And, uh, so I was looking at it and I think Evan Turner, Alan Crabb and Myers Leonard are taking up like plus $35 million of their cap heading forward. Yeah, which is just insane. Yeah, Krebs at eighteen. Damn, that's what I'm saying, dude. He's having a,
1: a four for seventy-five.
0: They haven't updated that then. Wow, uh, he's
1: that okay? And he score, and I know it's not all about offense, whatever. But I mean, he's not a starter, right? Like he's not. He, he's still not starting for them, and he's getting 28 minutes tonight, which is you know you can deal with that for that money. But he doesn't give them a whole lot. Yeah. So it's just a matter of they have to figure out. Oh, I mean. <laughs> He played 37 minutes last night, but they're still they're still obsessed with the idea of starting Mo Harkless, which I don't understand. No idea. And no they're, idea. They're just a weird team. So, and it sucks too because they looked a couple years ago when McCollum really came on like a team that might be able to crack the upper echelon if they yeah. played it
0: right. Somehow they've missed out on all the big men that the other teams have gotten that we talked about yesterday. Like they're short like a very dynamic big man. Um and you're sitting there looking at McCollum and Damian Lillard and saying, "Well, hell, I'd love to start a team with those two guys." I know. That's like, the thing about
1: if you're the Mavericks, it's not. A, it seems like it's oh, you just get bad, then you get good. Yeah, exactly. Dude, they've got two guys making what forty million a year each at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, and combined, I mean, combined. Yeah, and then you've got Crab, Evan Turner, and Myers Leonard will be taking up forty three plus million. On do. I mean, your salary. They're cap. way
1: over the cap. Yeah, they're stuck way too. Way over the Yeah, I mean they got Lillard is 26 next year, McCollum is 24, Allen Crabb is 20. Yeah. They got three players making 60 mil or 65 mil, almost 70 and one of them comes off the bench, the other two potentially can't play together.
0: Yeah, exactly. And McCollum's about to bump up to 24 mil. Damn. This team is <laughs> this team is screwed.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They they they've got to get pretty proactive like right away and if they if I think they're probably gonna end up having to move McCollum. Like which sounds crazy because yeah. he's really good, but I just that seems to me to be it's very similar to the Bradley Beal, John Wall situation. Yeah. They're really good, but I just don't know if they can play together. And that's why mm-hmm. to me, for the most part, the point guards that are available in this upcoming draft seem like the type of guys who can play with anyone. Yeah. I agree. That's, that, it's not just that there's good guards. It's that there's good guards that I think can work in a number of different situations. So if they're, you wanna, in bad, they're in a bad spot.
0: If you want to cry for the Trailblazers even more, realize that Plumlee is up this offseason. They're going to have to redo Plumlee or go out there and you, your hands are tied. Like, <laughs> they, have they, have they have 135 million.
1: They dedicated don't have
0: another big. No, they don't cuz Festus is in, in and out and then Myers Leonard just can't even get minutes. Good god, man. So
1: yeah, that's a that's a decent uh Portland uh is a decent boget destination.
0: Yeah, I guess the closest thing I could find was like getting like Von Layback and you know throwing in some some bits and pieces to make the uh the contracts work, but um yeah, they're a freaking mess, man. And I uh last night I was, uh, I was tweeting some of my Mavericks emotions, and I got multiple people telling me the Mavs are only four games, or at that moment, only three games out of the eighth seed, and then all the other games finalized, and they bounced back to four, um, and I was like, y'all don't get it, you just aren't getting it, I can't explain this whole picture to you in 140 characters or less at a time. Um, well,
1: now's your time. Shoot your shot. The reality is they're 8-21, and and they're probably going to go 500 for the rest of the year. And if they do that, they're going to end up at 30 wins, I think.
0: Yeah, there's 52 30. games left now.
1: Okay, so they'd be at 34. Yeah. They're 34. going to end up
0: right around
1: between 32 and 35 wins. And that probably finishes 10th in the West.
0: Yep. It for sure does. It for sure is somewhere... Uh, with the eighth to eleventh pick in the draft, seven to eleven in the draft, in a draft that I just saw this morning g m s are calling two thousand and seventeen uh the strongest draft in a decade.
1: I saw that too i mean <laughs> it 's the it 's a cascade disaster that is like forming before us and i i,
0: I can 't take it
1: <laughs> i don 't think they have the stones to and I don't know – I might even feel kind of conflicted about this to tell Dirk, like, hey, you're only playing two out of three.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm
1: with you. I, I don't think that they'll do that. And if Darren Williams is going to look like freaking he's in his prime Yeah. Uh, out of nowhere mm-hmm. every couple games and just take over and Harrison Barnes is still going to be Harrison Barnes, then <laughs> – <laughs> They're going to be too good. Yeah, and it doesn't really matter how many wins you have. It matters where you end up in the table.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so exactly. E- compared you know, to everyone else.
1: Right. Like, if the team that finishes eighth in the Western Conference ends up, you know, with 38 wins and you end up with 35, then you're probably ninth or tenth in your conference and you're probably only about the tenth worst team in the league at yeah. best or at worst, if you want to put it that way.
0: Yeah. And they've shown over the last – since, what, December 12th, since the win over the Nuggets, they've shown that if you walk in and you are uh, on the second night of a back-to-back or you're on the the ass end of a six-game road trip or if you have no interest in playing the Mavs for one game or just sleepwalking through an afternoon, they'll beat your ass. Yeah. Like, they have no problem doing that. They're still good enough to do that. Uh, And they're still sound enough defensively to drag you down to the deep end and play a – you know, an 85-possession game on you. Um, but they're still bad enough right now in their current construction until Dirk gets back, until Bogey gets back, and until Berea can play more than nine minutes without straining his Achilles to let a team like Portland, who is the worst defensive team in basketball, uh, get back in a game like that in the matter of about ten minutes. And that's yeah. what happened last night. Damian Lillard went blue steel uh, in the third quarter and dropped 20 on him and nearly – Like, outside of Wes going uh, superhuman in the final 10 seconds of that game, which props to him. That's a fun trick to have in your bag. Um, But the Mavs tried to lose that game. Like, they did a bunch of stupid stuff in the final minute. And Portland just couldn't take it from them. And Wes Matthews was was the stopper. But uh, I looked at the Mavs' January schedule, if you want to freak out a little bit further. So from, let's say... So December 30th, they play the Warriors. So they're off New Year's Eve. So from New Year's Eve until January 20th of uh, the NBA season on the Mavericks schedule, they don't play a team over five hundred. (laughs) Not one. It's the Wizards. It's the Suns. It's the Hawks. It's the T wolves. It's the Suns. It's the T wolves. It's the Bulls, who I think are right at five hundred, and then and then it's the Heat. Yeah. So you have totally. a three week stretch there where you don't play a team that is over five hundred, in which the Mavs, if they're at full strength, are better than all of those teams. Yeah, they're at least
1: a push on most of them. I still think that probably the Bulls. I mean, it depends. The point is they're not going to be huge dogs in any of those games no. and they're probably going to roll through and win seventy percent of them
0: right, and half of them are at home, half of them are on the roads. So there's no real you know um, telltale signs of uh, of scheduling conflict there but and they don't have a back to back in that stretch either um, so I guarantee you this is the point in the season when the Dallas Mavericks front office are going to convince Uh, themselves that this draft is not that good.
1: (laughs) I mean, he already said, oh, I don't see a Kevin Durant or a LeBron, but Uh, you don't need a Kevin Durant or a LeBron to want to participate in the draft. I mean, you definitely need a guy who is on that level at some point. Right. But I don't know. It's not like some of of the dudes in the NBA, like nobody (laughs) – I'm trying to think of somebody who has turned into I mean McCollum might be a good a good example. McCollum, mm-hmm. uh Bradley Beal, like second level superstars. You can find those guys at, you know, five through ten. I mean ter- every Toronto Toronto
0: Toronto is running the Eastern Conference with second level superstars. Yeah. With I mean not you know, they're not gonna they might have one year whenever they give the Cavs a good run, but I would kill to be the Raptors right now. Um and they've done it with second-level talent and no you know, top-four picks. They've done it with DeRozan, they've done it with Kyle Lowry, and they've done it with Jonas, and filling in uh, good veterans and smart signings around that. And that's the way to do it if you can't land, if you're the eighth team in a seven-superstar league. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, to me, Lonzo Ball faults – those guys do look to me like they could become like top ten players. I mean, obviously, it's only about a ten percent chance that they do, mm-hmm. but they look a lot more like they could become top ten players than than some of the other dudes that end up going that high.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I've it, seen
1: you know you see guys picked in the top five that you're like, that guy's a backup.
0: Yeah, exactly. You Neither know, one of them the look like
1: that to me. Like, no. Is Mario Hazonia ever going to be like? What are the chances that that guy turns into like an all star? Level player. I mean, I love the guy's game, but right. seems pretty unlikely.
0: Yeah, no, he's super exciting. It's just no. There's dudes that get Willie Cauley
1: Stein at six. Right, like the player, like the player a lot. Right, that guy's never going to be like just a, a the the best player on a really good team.
0: Yeah, and I think this draft has like five for sure. Um, franchise cornerstone type dudes, and I'm yeah. I'm even fine with Josh Jackson at this point. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? As my as my expectations start sliding backwards into yeah. into expecting to have like the eighth pick um, in like a six player draft, I'd be fine with Josh Jackson starting at three next year. Like, we'll make it work. Just give me a an elite talent via the draft, and don't mess it up by chasing thirty four stinking wins. And I already know it's going to happen. Yep. <laughs> and exactly- there's, the only thing that can save them from themselves is making a trade and get ridding, getting rid of Bogut, getting rid of Darren, and telling Dirk that, hey, you're only playing, you know, three games a week. Um, and I don't know if they got the guts for it, honestly.
1: Even if they move – I mean, moving Bogut, they can move Bogut and still win a lot of games.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And – but it's also weird because it's almost like you would be moving him because you want him to go play on a team that can get close to the playoffs or contend. But if they're not if they're convinced that they want to keep Darren, then it's probably because they actually think they can make the playoffs at the a late push. Mm-hmm. And if they think that, they're not gonna trade him because they're not a playoff team. You know, it's like a circular right. bit of logic to where if they think they're chasing the playoffs, why would they trade a guy because he wants to go chase the playoffs?
0: Yeah, for sure. They'll just let him do it here. Exactly. Exactly. So you have to make the tough decision. And you have to take yourself out of the race. Um, but I don't know if they ever will. I, honestly, I don't know. I've, I've seen this team do this too many times. And I've seen it do it in a season that I'll never forgive them for, which was the 500 beard year. Um, which someone genuinely told me last night that they enjoyed that season. And I was like, you're an insane person. I want you to like go into clinical studies and figure out like where this logic comes from. But um, yeah, Mavs win. Yay. <laughs> 8-21 on the season. And uh, yeah, we got uh, the Clippers Friday night. So we might uh, look at them uh, short of Blake Griffin, who is apparently just going to miss four to six weeks of every season for the rest of his life
1: yeah for one one reason or another
0: yeah so just get used to that but um, thank you for listening Um, we'll be back with you tomorrow and uh, Jacob thank you for your time
1: good times man I'll talk to you